Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, May 17th, 2019. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and joining me on today's podcast are writers Huai Tranbui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. All right, guys, it's Friday. We're almost there, almost to the weekend. But let's talk about the latest film and TV news first. Uh, HT, yesterday, some really, really huge news broke. Give us the latest about what's going on with Matt Reeves, the Batman. Robert Pattinson is your new Batman, probably. Um, According to a report from Variety, Pattinson has been tapped to play the Batman in Matt Reeves' The Batman, uh, which will be the sort of new take on the Cape Crusader. But a deadline report suggests that he is just a frontrunner. He and Nicholas Holt are up for the role, but it seems that um, Robert Pattinson probably has it in the bag at this point. Uh, It actually flies in the face of a recent report from about two months ago that denied that the actor was up for the part of Bruce Wayne. But it seems like uh, Pattinson will be playing Batman after all, probably. Okay, so uh, we have to go around the circle. I have to know what you guys think about this. Chris, I have—I suspect I know what you think about it because you actually wrote a, a whole separate article that is called Three Reasons Robert Pattinson is an Inspired Choice to Play Batman. So let's go with you first since I, I sort of know what you're going to say here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a good choice. Um, you know, also there's a part of me that's like, we don't really need any more Batman movies for a while, but if we're getting one... This is a good choice. He's a he's a very interesting choice for it. He's not a conventional sort of pick. He's not, I don't think he'd be anyone's like first choice. And those are the kinds of things that are exciting to me when someone comes out of left field. And at the same time, he's a really good actor. I know there are some people who only think of him as like the Twilight guy, but that was like seven years ago. He's done so much more since then. So I, I don't have a problem with this at all. HT, what do you think? I think he's a great fit, especially for Matt Reeves' uh, vision of the Batman, which he's described as something of a detective uh, noir story and uh, something that leans into Batman's uh, title as the world's greatest detective. And um, Robert Pattinson 
in particular has a really great sort of introspective and internal way of acting to him, which he's shown in movies like Good Time, in Lost City of Z. I hear he's great in High Life. I haven't seen it yet. But he, like Chris has said, has proven himself to be an incredibly great actor and a really promising character actor at that, which is something that I think plays well with a, a, a role like Batman. Um, so I think that uh, he could play the part of that um turmoil detective really well and i'm excited to see what he does with the role i i think that he's great i will say i don't think of him as vampire from twilight i still think of him as cedric diggory from harry potter so <laughs> old school old um school. i have to say chris i have to admit that uh you you tweeted something i think it was yesterday right after this came out where you were like okay enough with the the twilight references here is um where a bunch of robert pattinson's work is streaming right now his post twilight work where people can check out you know and and discover that this guy is actually a really good actor and maybe we can link your tweet in the show notes because i think that's helpful for people and i know it's helpful for me because i actually haven't seen any of those movies that you mentioned uh in that tweet or in your article i i am like completely i guess besides uh i think i've seen maybe two of the twilight movies and uh the harry potter franchise i think i'm like completely unaware of Robert Pattinson as an actor somehow I've missed like all of these like highly acclaimed indie movies that he's been working on and like all this interesting stuff that he's been doing in his career I just have missed all of it so I'm like I find myself like uh weirdly um <laughs> like, ill prepared to talk about the potential of him as Batman um are there I... any uh movies from either of you that either either of you have seen Pattinson movies that you feel like would be a good starting point for me I definitely uh... recommend Good Time yeah, that would be my pick too. Like, if you have to pick any of those movies that he's done since then, Good Time would be number one. I think that has his best performance. It's a really great movie. It's it's a it's not easy to watch. It's a, it's a kind of a brutal movie, but it's really good. It, it's and his performance is fantastic in it. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, that's good to know. So uh, before we move on from this, what do you guys think about Nicholas Holt? Like, um, you know, as HT mentioned, Variety put out this report, like definitively saying that Pattinson is Batman, but then Deadline is like, ah, you know, we're hearing that Nicholas Holt's in the in the mix too. And, you know, whether or not that's actually true, whether or not that's just studio sort of posturing and like putting another name out there to sort of gauge fan reactions or whatever is actually going on. Let's pretend for a second that Robinson or that, that Robert Pattinson doesn't get this role and then it goes to Nicholas Holt. What would you guys think about that? Because for me, I, I just saw, I interviewed him in London for uh, the Tolkien movie that he was in. And the first thing that I noticed about him in person was how striking he, his face is in particular. And he has these really piercing blue eyes. And as soon as I heard that his name was in the mix here, I was like, Oh, I guess I can see that just as somebody who uh, whose face would look really striking underneath a Batman mask. Like those eyes would would pierce forth uh, pretty strongly through <laughs> there. So, um, but in terms of and obviously like he's been, you know, the headlines write themselves. You know, from the beast to the bat, like all that. You know, he was in the the X Men or is continues to be in the X Men franchise until Dark Phoenix brings that saga to a close. Um, what do you guys think about Nicholas Holt? Uh, HT, start with you. I think he's a good actor as well. I don't know if he's particularly suited to Batman. Uh, he is a bit more slender, but Robert Pattinson also is somewhat on the slender type, but I feel like he Robert Pattinson has a, more of a potential to bulk out, uh, whereas Nicholas Holt, I could see playing a villain of a sort, um, but he is a good actor. He impressed me a lot in The Favorite. I just um, was very... Uh, just, um, 
surprised by the range that he had in that role and in other roles I've seen him in. So I wouldn't mind him as Batman. It would be a bit more unexpected than Pattinson even. But um, yeah, I think, you know, it would be really cool if he was he showed up as the Riddler or something instead. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Chris, what do you think about Nicholas Holt as potentially as Batman? Boring. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't dislike him. And I actually think he's, I, he's great in the favor. I think it's like the first time, like HG said, I think it's the first time I actually really ever liked him in anything, even though I don't dislike him, but no love for Mad Max Fury road. Oh, he's all right in that, but he's like the least, my least favorite part of that movie. Like it's like, if he weren't in the movie, I wouldn't miss him. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I really don't see him in the role, uh, in this role, but uh, you know, who knows? I, I, I personally hope they don't pick him, but if they do, I'm not going to lose any sleep over. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's move on to our next item. And that is that a long brewing back to the future musical is finally happening and it's going to be opening in London next year. This is something that was, has been talked about um, since 2012, I think was the first report of, uh, Robert Zemeckis, who obviously uh, co-wrote and directed the movie, and Bob Gale, who co-wrote and produced the movie, they were in discussions to bring this film to the stage, and it's just taken forever for it to actually happen. They thought that they might have it ready to go by 2015, which was the 30th anniversary of the movie. That ended up not happening. But now we know, according to Playbill.com, that uh, the musical is going to open at the Manchester Opera House in the UK on February 20th, 2020 and uh, then shift over to a West End location after that. And presumably, if it does well enough, it will probably come to the U.S. and make a bunch of money there because uh, a Back to the Future musical sounds like a lot of fun to me. I'm, I'm going to throw it to you guys in a second, but um, we know that uh, Zemeckis is involved in this stage production as a producer. Bob Gale actually wrote the book for this, and Alan Silvestri, who is the composer for the movie, is involved with the, he he uh, co-created the score for this uh, stage production with a guy named Glenn Ballard who worked on Jagged Little Pill. So uh, John Rando, who directed On the Town, is directing. Uh, so just for anybody who is in the the musical world, you might recognize that name. I certainly don't, but uh, yeah, you know, there you go. And same thing with the star of the show, which is Ollie Dobson, who is in uh, plays like Bat Out of Hell and Matilda. So I haven't seen any of those, but. Um, Back to the Future, I mean, obviously, it's like one of my favorite movies. I think it's Peter Serretta's favorite movie of all time. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever met anybody who doesn't like Back to the Future. And for me, I'm, I'm surprised that a musical hasn't happened yet because the screenplay as it exists in movie form is perfect. But the structure really lends itself well to a stage adaptation. And the musical moments in Back to the Future, the movie, seem like organic and natural for a musical version so i'm, I'm gonna throw it to you guys what do you think about a back to the future musical have you are, are you guys the type of i don't know whatever you want to call it cultural consumers who goes and, and <laughs> see uh musicals you know on any sort of regular basis or or even if something just interests you or you're just like not really into that whole thing i know ht i think you saw hamilton is that right I saw Hamilton. I saw Wicked recently. I saw The Cursed Child recently. Yeah, since I moved to New York, I've seen a couple more musicals, which is exciting. Um, I want to see more. Uh, I wouldn't say I see them on a regular basis because, but I, because they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I had the opportunity, then yeah, I check it out. I mean, there's so many movies now that are getting like stage adaptations that I am curious about, but don't have the the enough motivation or the 
the funds to to see them. Right. Uh, like, you know, there's a Legally Blonde musical, the Heather's musical, Mean Girls musical. And yeah, like you were saying, Back to the Future seems like it was primed to be a musical just because of all those musical moments. The big emotional uh, climax of the film takes place like a stage, like a musical performance. So mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, I, I think it, it works. Um, I don't know if I'll see it. Uh, I would be interested if someone was like, hey, I have a ticket or would you like <laughs> to go with me? And then I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, why not? But um, yeah, I haven't, I'd, I'd go see it if, if, if uh, it were playing here. If the situation uh, arose. Yeah. Um, Chris, what about you? What's your history with musicals? Is this something you'd be interested in? Uh, I like musicals. I, I actually saw Hamilton twice on Broadway. Oh, that's I saw right. It, you, yeah, man. That's, I that's saw it awesome. once with the original cast, and I saw it again with the, the new cast. Um, that said, I, I kind of don't like this trend of like taking movies and just making them musical. I think it's kind of like lazy. Like everything gets made a musical. Like there's a Mean Girls musical, and there's a there's gonna be an Empire Records musical, and it just seems. Like I'd rather they put that effort into creating something new. Like there's a Beetlejuice musical now. Like I I don't I don't know. I I'd re- I know every once in a while it turns out well. Like they they turned the producers into a musical and that turned out to be great. But more often than not, it just they just strike me as kind of lazy. But I, I guess I'll have to wait and hear what the songs sound like before I, I form an opinion. Yeah, I think the the reason that I'm uh, maybe a little bit more optimistic is that Bob Gale you know, and, and Robert Zemeckis and those guys are still involved with this. And it's not necessarily just, it doesn't seem to me like a cash grab. It's something that I think Gail has said that they've been working on for like 10 years. And that was like several years ago. So I think this has been something that they've been really trying to hone and, and get into the right shape before they just released it onto the world. Cause they could have capitalized on this years and years ago. And, and just like, you know, if it was a cash grab, so hopefully fingers crossed, maybe it, they're doing something interesting with it and it's going to be worth it in the end. Let's move on to, uh, okay. So a, the first trailer, full trailer for his dark materials dropped and HT, I know you've read this entire trilogy that the show is based on. So I just wanted to sort of open the floor to you and, and let you, uh, <laughs> like vent for a little bit. And, and I want to know your reaction to this trailer, what you think about the books, how you think the, sh- the show capture or the, the trailer captures the tone of that. Um, wh- yeah, just give me your thoughts. What do you got? And you're opening the, the floor for like a 30 minute rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, this, this trilogy was very important to me growing up. Uh, I first read the books when I was in, I think, fifth, fifth or fourth and fifth grade, and I didn't totally understand it. Um, so I would go back and read the entire trilogy the next year, and then it kind of became a nice little tradition for me in which I would just reread the entire trilogy every year because it was something that uh, really I really connected with and that I really enjoyed reading um, and kind of opened my perspective to all types of uh, storytelling and, and um, you know, fan and genre pushing boundaries and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just trying to say, I really enjoyed this trilogy. I was so looking forward to that movie, The Golden Compass, when it came out in 2007 and was severely disappointed when it was terrible. And uh, so now I am just hoping, hoping against hope that this BBC HBO miniseries will do the series justice. So this is the His Dark Materials uh, miniseries. They're adapting the entire trilogy, which uh, with each season, um, adapting, covering one of the books, uh, the Golden Compass, the Subtle Knife, and the Amber Spyglass being the three books. 
and um, the cast is great. I am really excited about the cast. I am less excited about the director, Tom Hooper, who, uh, while he has been responsible for some Oscar Oscar nominated fare like Les Miserables and The King's Speech, those films are pretty visually dull. And the thing about um, the His Dark Materials series, as uh, created by Philip Pullman, it's one of the richest, most sumptuous, um, complex worlds that uh, has ever been put to the imagination. And I want to see that done justice. And I feel like Hooper may not. But that being said, I am impressed by this first official trailer, even if the colors and the lighting are more subdued than I would like. Uh, so this teaser trailer shows us a bit more than the um, the other teaser we got a couple of months ago. It uh, gives us a peek at the um, the adventures of Lyra, Lyra Balakwa, played by Daphne Keene, who is was a was really great in Logan, and. Um, it's who and her character basically uh, embarks on a quest to the Arctic to uh, find her friend after he has been kidnapped by a sinister child napping organization. Uh, also starring the series are James McAvoy, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Ruth Wilson. So great cast, uh, and we see more of James McAvoy being the brooding adventurer in this trailer as well. So I have a lot of hope for this series so far. The CG in a, isn't as wonky as the two thousand. 2007 film either so basically what I'm saying is that this trailer implanted some hope in me and I want to see it done right and I am hoping that it will be good I'm glad that you're hopeful about it because I know nothing about this world and these characters and I thought it looked pretty good you know just from a like a layman's eye so um, I'm glad to hear that it seems to be heading in the right direction for you I, I have to say when you guys were talking in, in our slack channel that Tom Hooper directed this I was dreading watching this trailer, but you can't really tell. He has a very distinct visual style in terms of like the bizarre framing choices that he often makes in his movies. But you, none of that is really on display in the trailer as far as I could see. So I was like, oh, maybe he's actually just going to be like normal and like <laughs> actually shoot this like a, a in a more traditional way instead of trying to put his sort of what I consider to be annoying stamp on things but um, yeah there's a, there's some promising shots in there that aren't um that look you know visually pleasing and well and well framed like there's that one shot of a a man sitting in I think a church or something and a, an animal flies from behind his head in a way that looks like his head is sprouting wings and it looks very cool mm -hmm. so I it's shots like that um give me hope and uh yeah I think um it looks like the BBC is pouring a lot of money into this. Uh, I think they're trying to get into that epic fantasy hole that Game of Thrones is leaving. So uh, I'm going to also assume the dark lighting is influenced by Game of Thrones and the TV culture's obsession with dark lighting at the moment. But um, I think it looks pretty good so far. Uh, Chris, have, have, did you see the 2007 Golden Compass movie? And what did you oh, think God. about this trailer? <laughs> No, I, I haven't seen the movie. Um, this trailer, it doesn't look bad. It's just I, I'm a little annoyed at how darkly lit it is, and that's like the trend in TV now. I just, you know, I, I get that it's set in this sort of dark world, but you know, and dark is in the title. But I, I wish they, I wish they wouldn't take that so literally. Like, just turn on a few lights. That's all I want. <laughs> all right. So the next uh, item that we're going to talk about is. Uh, another show, another uh, adaptation of a, a 
book. And Chris, do you think the lighting is going to be any better in Eyes of the Dragon, which is based on a Stephen King novel? I'm just going to go out on a limb here now and say, no, it's not because (laughs) they're very, I, I can tell they want this to be the next game of Thrones. And I'm actually shocked. It took this long to adapt this eyes. of The dragon is a Stephen King book. It's one of his rare non horror books. It's a fantasy novel. And it's got, even though it's nothing like game of Thrones, it has all those elements, you know, it's got the, the kingdoms and the dragons and the political intrigue and all that stuff. So all that stuff is in there. And I actually thought this would have happened sooner because, you know, game of Thrones has been on for a while and, I kept expecting like, oh, any day now they're going to turn this into a series to cash in on Game of Thrones, but they never did. And I guess now that Game of Thrones is over, maybe they're thinking like, all right, now is our chance to get people who want more Game of Thrones, but won't have it anymore. So with that in mind, if they try to make this like Game of Thrones, it's going to be lit very darkly because that's how that show is lit as well. But (laughs) so, yeah, I had no idea that Stephen King even wrote a, a fantasy novel like this is this is this like the only um i guess book in that genre that he's done or has he done several kind of like sword and sorcery types of stories that i've just never heard of i mean technically his you know the dark tower fits into the fantasy realm but more but yeah this is the only one that's really like traditionally fantasy with you know dragons and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it, it's a rarity for him um, I'm trying to think if there is anything else that I would, oh, oh, I know. Uh, so who is going to be serving as the showrunner for this? Uh, Seth Graham Smith, who he's the guy who wrote the book, uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And, uh, he's also produced, um, the, the 2017 it, and he's producing the new one, it chapter two. So he has some history with Stephen King material. So he's, he's writing the pilot and he's going to serve as showrunner. So I, I talked to him for it, chapter one and the, a little bit just in like a junket setting. And he struck me as like a, a huge Stephen King fan. And I'm just wondering what you guys think about him and his work in general. And if you feel like Chris, especially if you feel like he's a good fit for translating the, the world of this novel to a Hulu show. I mean, maybe I, I, <laughs> I really don't know. I, I do think he's kind of, um, I don't want to use the word hacky, but those, you know, those Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter thing, like they're, they're all gimmicky. So I don't really know how I feel about him adapting this book, but at the same time, I, I, you know, I I have a feeling there's, there's a lot of room here to turn this into something interesting. So he might be the person for the job. Who knows? HG, do you have any thoughts on this? Have you read this book or know anything about it? I have no thoughts. <laughs> no thoughts. All right. Good enough. Uh, let's go to something that you do have thoughts on, which is Bad Genius, which is a an upcoming Hollywood remake of a Thai heist thriller. Uh, HG, tell us what's going on with this one. Well, first, I want to give a shout out to the original uh, Bad Genius, which was one of the... Mm, Biggest surprises of 2017 for me. Uh, this is a teen high thriller written and directed by Natawat Punpiria. Um, and it's a film that's so sleek and so frenetic and so fun that it reminded me a lot of the direction of Edgar Wright. Uh, but it's uh, at such visual height that it would kind of make Edgar Wright blush in a way. Um, but I, I, this movie is getting a Hollywood English language remake, as many successful um, Asian films do. Uh, when 
Bad Genius debuted in 2017. It became the best, uh, highest grossing movie in Thailand and broke box office records across Southeast Asia. So, of course, it gained the attention of Hollywood, which is now remaking it under Eric Feig's Picture Start and Patrick Waxberger's Picture Perfect Entertainment with... Um, you're the worst writer, Eva Anderson, set to pen the adaptation. Well, the good news is that I think this, the news of this remake, is finally going to spur me on to watch the original because it's been in my Netflix queue for, I don't know, six months or something. And I just have, you know, there are so many things to watch, guys. Uh, this has just been one that's just been sort of sitting there in the background, like, oh, I'll get to it. But it's uh, very good. It is available on Netflix streaming right now. So anybody who's listening to this, HT says it's underrated so or and underseen. So I think that means that we should all <laughs> jump on it and uh, give the original a shot. So, um, Chris, have you seen Bad Genius? No, I haven't even heard of it, actually, until today. So, all right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I just want to say that it is about a, um, a young, you know, prodigy student who basically to pay off her way through school uh, starts a cheating crime ring in which she helps rich privileged kids at her school pass tests and she is hired basically to help a few of these kids pass the college admissions test and it's um, a really fun kind of silly story that uh, has kind of become a real life thing which is why i wonder why um hollywood just wouldn't go to the the real life cheating admission scandal and turn that into a film so i feel like that movie that's just begging for a movie you know oh yeah i'm sure that's gonna happen yeah i think this uh well i mean this will definitely come out first i'm sure uh, as long mm -hmm. as it doesn't get you know caught in some sort of development hell but uh yeah bad genius is available on netflix right now and i think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode which is a relatively short episode but you know it's the weekend so we're checking out early um here's one one thing that we'll close out on what do you think i saw somebody pose this question on twitter last night what do you think the robert pattinson batman nickname should be bat pat Bat pats. Okay. All right. So HT's going strong in the Bat Pats camp. Chris, what do you got? I guess I'll go with that, or either that or Robert Battinson. That's the one. right to me. Yeah, that's the one I was going to go with. So, all right. I think we got two options there. So, uh, draw your line in the sand now and uh, and make your decision wisely. Uh, that is going to do it for us on today's edition of Slash Film Daily. You can find more about all of the stories that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com and linked in the show notes, along with Chris's tweet that tells you where and, and tells me where I can watch Robert Pattinson's movies right now. Uh, Slash Film Daily is published every week day bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and tv as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site you can subscribe to the show on itunes google podcasts overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps send your feedback questions comments and concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com and be sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air oh my god guys the bat vehicle is is uh, that <laughs> helicopter is hovering right outside my window right now uh Robert Pattinson just lowered a sign and he said, I prefer bat pats to Robert Pattinson. So I guess oh, no. yeah. there's that. Uh, all right. So rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, before we go, where can people find more of your work online? HT, let's start with you. You can find me writing every day at slashfilm.com and I'm on Twitter at htranbui. And Chris? Uh, I'm also at slashfilm.com and I'm on Twitter at cevangelista413. I am at SlashFilm.com as well, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Pears. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.